0: Love, Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett.
1: Hey, welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of life. I'm your host, Kathy Barrett, and I'm so happy that you tuned into the show today. My special guest is Mahi Salamou, who is here to discuss her cookbook, A Squirrel in Your Kitchen. Mahi is from Cyprus, but has traveled around the world, and this wonderfully creative book is a diary of the friendships she created along the way and how food played a role in her memories of those friendships. Mahi was born on the island of Cyprus, but relocated to the Arab Gulf when war erupted in 1974 due to the Turkish invasion of Cyprus. She studied journalism and public relations in the United States and is a PR consultant and an active marathon runner, now living in Cyprus once again. You can purchase Mahi's book, A Squirrel in Your Kitchen, on Amazon.com and do so because the recipes are fabulous and it's just a lot of fun. Welcome, Mahi. It's so great to have you on the program today.
0: Hello, Kathy. A very warm hello from my little Mediterranean corner. <laughs>
1: yes. So it's dinner time in Cyprus right now, and so what
0: are
1: you, what are you cooking?
0: I'm making salmon today with uh, coconut milk and a little bit of tomato paste and basil. It's actually marinating as we speak. <laughs> That's wonderful. And how long do you marinate Just for about half an hour. So by the time we're done, it will be ready to go in the oven for 10, 15 minutes. (laughs) Oh, my God, that sounds delicious. And
1: so um, do you marinate it in the fridge or out of the fridge?
0: Out of the fridge, but just for half an hour
1: out of the fridge. That's fantastic. And that's really a quick dinner. That's what I like. You know, coming home after a hard day, you want to eat healthy, but you also want something that's not going to take a lot of time. That's the trick on days. And then you save the harder recipes for weekends. So let me ask you, how do you decide what you're going to eat each night? Because that's my biggest obstacle.
0: Your biggest obstacle? Well, for me, it used to be a challenge, but it's not anymore because I do a little diagram every Saturday, and it uh, uh, outlines the the week's menu plan. So I try to have a balanced uh, week menu, whereby I will have my meats uh, a couple of times a week, Fish goes about, you know, two times as well. And then there's my veggies and things like beans uh, for the rest of the week.
1: So it sounds like you're actually your own in-house nutritionist in a way. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. So I know like all good cooks, it really, in order for, you know, the dish to come out the way you want it to, it's all in the
0: preparation, isn't it, and the timing of it? It is. And I think your mood, the kind of mood that you're in, has a lot to do with how your dish turns out. Because if you're in a really good mood and you find yourself wanting to be creative with herbs and aromas, then you come out with something really delicious in the end. Whereas there are times that our mood may not be so good, that also reflects in your cooking.
1: That's an excellent uh, piece of advice there. So is there how do you prep yourself if you, you have had a, a bad day? What are the steps you take before you start cooking to kind of get back to central for yourself?
0: It's either going to be a run for me, as uh, running for me uh, it keeps me sane, motivated, focused. It clears my mind. It clears away all negativity. So if I have time for a run, I will do that during the day. If I don't I will just go in silence for five, ten minutes, listen to some relaxing music and just uh, try to get myself in the mode that I want to be because feeling negative and having, you know, bad feelings is not good for you. It's toxic, that's how I see it. So I try not to stay negative for too long.
1: Well it's a really good point because if you kind of bring those emotions to to what you're cooking then not only is it not going to come out as delicious as it might have under different circumstances, but you're you're probably not really digesting it as well.
0: True. I mean, if you're upset and you try to have dinner or lunch, the effect on your stomach will not be the same as if you're there sitting calm and, you know, eating your your meal. Mm. I think we all know that.
1: Yeah, and especially today I found that... um, I kind of get lost, as my husband does. We're constantly on the computers, Mm -hmm. and we have computers all over the house. So there's, you know, there's two on the, you know, kitchen countertop. There's, you know, he has his office, (laughs) I have my office. And there's literally computers all over the house. So many times when we're meeting in the kitchen, Uh we're on those computers, and we started to, like, you know, have our meals, you know, also looking at the, and we finally had to say, that's it. This is not healthy. So now we remove ourselves and then go to the dining room table, so that you're you're not working while you're eating, which is my biggest weakness.
0: Totally agree with that. No phones and no computers in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great advice. So
1: let's uh, let's move on here. I I was thinking about you know as I was. Um, in your cookbook and just re- reading your bio that traveling is really great, and I love it, but moving around as you did can sometimes create for people. So how, how did moving around so much impact you?
0: Well, the first 15 years of my life, we did a lot of moving. We moved house like five times in the first 15 years of my life, so I felt like I had a nomadic life. Um, and as a child, when you leave a pla- when you have to say goodbye to a place and its people, it's really it's a very sad feeling. And for me, it's something that I had to come to terms with because it was something that was really making me very upset every time we had to make a move. Mm. And
1: how did you come to terms with that? Because that that's very difficult. Many children go through that.
0: I was always confronted, you know, with a challenge of separation, the issue of identity to every place we used to move. But, you know, ultimately you have the rewarding experience of interacting with people of different cultures, and this is what really informs your life after all.
1: And how did you get to that space, though? Because many people that are out there uh, struggling with that, you know, would want to know, okay, I'm feeling that too, but how did you go from A to B? How did you get from feeling really you know, upset about it to getting into this mindset that's quite positive of saying, hey, you know what, look at this new culture before me and look at all the exciting new uh, interesting adventures I can have.
0: In all honesty, it's not an easy thing to do, especially during my childhood and teenage years. It's something that I could not come to terms with. Mm -hmm. I would usually react by being a rebel, whether it was against my parents or towards the people that I would meet. But after my college years in the United States and any move I made ever since, um, I felt, okay, Mahi, you need wherever you are, even if it's not the ideal setting for you, you have to make the best out of it. So I was inspired to create an ideal setting wherever I found myself to be and live meaningfully and use passion as the main ingredient in life. So even in Cyprus, moving to Cyprus, which is my home country after so many years, that was a challenge in itself. And after a series of years where I chose to be negative and I felt like a rebel many times, saying that I was very different from my own people, that I didn't, I was uh, against uh, my parents for a while because they were the ones who kind of made me come back home, Mm -hmm. You know, after a while, you meet people, and through your interaction with people and through spiritual awakenings, whether it is meditation, yoga, even my running, they make you think a different way. So I said, okay, why don't I find the five or ten people that I can relate to and hang Mm -hmm. out with those people? Why don't I find the few things that I enjoy doing, whether it's my cooking, cooking for friends and family, living meaningfully, doing my running? Uh, doing my reading, having my travels, if that you know, helps me as well. So I think by throwing splashes of color in your life, wherever it is that you are, and you use passion as the main ingredient in all that you do, that's the secret in being happy wherever you are, in whatever corner of the world, really. I love
1: how you now take the metaphors in cooking, you know, the ingredients, the little dash of this, the little dash of that. Now you've taken those things and kind of incorporated it into the way that you view life, which is really very sweet.
0: It is true, though. I mean, think about it. You can have a dish in front of you and you can decorate it and, Throw all kinds of herbs and aromas on it. Yeah. And then you can also throw a potato in your plate and a piece of meat and just start eating. <laughs> <It's laughs> you to, to
1: create. That's very true. Talk just a little bit more before we get to the book because I want, I think this is so important. I know that the people that tune in, many of them are struggling with the issues that we talk about week to week. And and so just talk a little bit about why it was difficult for you to move back. I mean, obviously your parents are there and every parent wants their children to be close to them. But why was it so difficult for you to make that move back, do you think?
0: Well, basically, I left Cyprus at the age of four, and I came back at the age of 14. And then after I did four years of senior high school, I left to do my studies in the U.S. So the, for the first 25 years of my life, the most I had lived in my country was four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always used to living in a diverse environment, with um, you know, interacting with people of different cultures, different nationalities,. Mm-hmm. So for me, this diversity was very important, and this is who I am as well. I may be Cypriot, but I feel that I'm a a very multinational uh, individual, Uh, both in mind, spirit, you know, my soul. It feels like I have little parts of me from all these countries that I've lived in. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, So when I came to Cyprus, I found, especially the first time that I came back in 1985, I found that my mentality was so different. To everybody else here, or to the majority of people living here, mm-hmm. voicing my opinion back then, or you know, standing up for my rights or what I thought was what I wanted in life, you know, was not always perceived the right way by my peers or by my family or by my friends. So I always felt like an outsider in so many ways. This mm-hmm. was my years in senior high school. When I came back from the U.S., I was, you know, after my college years, I was in my early 20s, it tended to be a little bit different then, but it still took me like three to four years to start assimilating. And even to this point, hadn't it been for the choices I made, Mm -hmm. Uh, that is, you know, select who your friends are going to be? Mm -hmm. If you look around my friends, they all have similar experiences to mine whether it is they've lived abroad or spent a considerable time studying abroad. I do find similarities in all my friends, and I think this is a very determining factor in making me feel more comfortable. Plus the activities that I've mentioned earlier, because my activities, whether it's my marathon running or my my cooking, my traveling, consist a big part of my life here in Cyprus, and it's up to you to... Stage your life the way you want it to be, mm-hmm. to orchestrate your life the way you want it to be.
1: Well, it sounds like you could make anything work, Mahi.
0: <laughs> well, I wish I could. It's not always easy, and it's you know it's always easier said than done. But this is my effort in life. At least this past ten years or so, this is my philosophy of life that you have to make the most out of it. There's always going to be challenges on our plate, whether it's health challenges, challenges within our, our work, our friends, our family, and you, you need to have to keep your head up and, uh, you know, just keep looking ahead of you, or you can choose to be miserable and complain all the time and be a whiner.
1: Right, and that also, you know, if you're in that space of, uh, you know, this is not going to work and in, in, in that negative kind of space, then... Whatever little miracles are available to you, you're not going to be able to see because your, you know, your level of uh, consciousness is not present to it. So
0: you have to visualize your miracles, Kathy. Yeah, you have to visualize how you want your life to be, and if you do that enough, I feel that it's easier for certain things to come into your life.
1: If we said Mahi, so let us get because your book has a. Quite unusual title to it, <laughs> so a squirrel in your kitchen, can you tell us how you came to that
0: title how did I, How did I come to that title? Well, I lived in Pennsylvania for five years, and uh, you know Pennsylvania was packed with these little creatures, and I must say that I was fascinated by them from the moment I laid eyes on them in indiana pa that 's where I went to school and I felt that this bushy tailed neighbors, as I often refer to them, kept company, I would open my window or my door in the morning, and this is what I would, uh, I would come across, the squirrels. Uh, and you know, squirrels, they're very smart, and they're very persistent, and they use their keen sense of smell to locate buried nuts. So I thought if they can do that, they can use their sense of nostalgia to locate my friends by dipping into kitchens around the globe. So my idea was, I have my little squirrel here in Cyprus, and he goes across to my friends' houses, whether they're in France or the U.K., or all the way to Alaska, where my farthest my <laughs> friend of heart is. They dip into their kitchens, and they manage to bring and transfer those aromas from their kitchens into mine. So that connects me to my friends. <laughs> they <It's laughs> far away from me, and that's one way of connecting with my friends, my girlfriends around the world.
1: That's really, I love that title. It just, it really gets your attention. But I have to tell you, I actually did have a squirrel in my kitchen. I don't know if I meant, yeah, I got to tell you this quickly because it's hysterical. I, there is this squirrel that, you know, as you were saying, hangs around my house upstate. And he would always kind of steal the the seeds that I left out for the birds, especially on cold days. He would come and kind of eat it all. So I nicknamed him Porky. And... (laughs) (laughs) he would jump up. There's these giant windows in the kitchen, like almost floor to ceiling. But in between, there is kind of like these wood panels. So he would jump up and, you know, kind of put his claws into these wood panels and peek into the kitchen. Right. He was like stalking me. And then one day he came down the fireplace, uh, fireplace. And he got into the house, and he was running around and kind of hopping up and down and i 'm like, "Oh my God, what do I do now?" So I had to call the police, and then they came, and they 're trying to get the squirrel you know they they have towels out and they 're you know kind of presenting the towels as if uh, they were bullfighting with this little uh, squirrel to try to get him into a corner and capture him. And meanwhile, during all this, my husband calls, he's away, and he hears me, oh, there's a squirrel in the house, the police are here. He calls the wildlife people who come with these cages and humanely try to gather up the animals. So that guy comes. So I have three grown men running around my house, some with towels, some with cage, (laughs) (laughs) trying to get the squirrel, you know, in the cage. And finally I just went over and opened up the door and the damn squirrel just walked out. It was hysterical.
0: Well, the hero of my book is definitely a nice squirrel, I must say.
1: She's not a <laughs> yes. But they are very clever, and it's, you know, they really do love the kitchen. I will say that. They okay. love, they get the, the aromas, and they want to be in with you making those dishes. So that's okay. I really probably, you know, related to your title the most. Um, so when you speak, and I noticed this about you from the few conversations that, that we had, that when you speak about food, it almost sounds like it, it is a spiritual experience for you. Can you elaborate on your love for food and where that stems from?
0: I love to cook. I totally uh, find it very a very creative and a very fun process. Um, you're talking about this spiritual element of cooking, and I must say that Most of the times that I cook, it is a spiritual experience for me as well, especially when I'm cooking for friends. Uh, And I always tailor-make the menu depending on who's coming by um, and the phase that that friend may be going through. For example, if I know that a friend has been having a hard time, I'm going to make a comforting soup for him or her. or, for example, if I make um, uh, shrimp, which is like a, 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 something that I cook a lot, with specific friends, I will choose to make them on rosemary skewers. But with other friends, I would say, well, for this friend, I'm going to use lavender in instead. So I use my intuition thinking what would each friend based on their character their personality their state of mind uh need at that particular time and i just follow my intuition and i you know tailor make whatever recipe it is that i have in mind that is beautiful
1: i love that my god it's that's <laughs> you really provide just uh nourishment in terms of the food that you're supplying but emotional nourishment, mm-hmm. it, it sounds, and that's that's really quite beautiful. I love that. So when you came up with this idea to create the cookbook, you were also, uh, tell me what was going on in your life at the time and, and what led you to do that.
0: Okay. Well, basically, um, three years ago, I collected recipes from girlfriends around the globe. Um, I wanted a creative approach to connect my girlfriends who live in various corners of the world. And I thought, okay, all these friends may not know each other, yet they all share an affinity for food. They all want to make great food, be healthy, and have fun at it. Um, We do know, however, that it's not easy to cook on a daily basis, as we have so many other things going on, so many other priorities. So I wanted to simplify life enough so that great food did not have to be compromised. So I asked my friends to send me their favorite easy tried-and-tested recipe. And I made 50 printed copies, and I gave this book to 50 friends as a gift. Uh. now three years later, uh, I'm working as a PR consultant, and you know we all know the uh, financial crisis that's hitting everybody. And you know, was a turn of Cyprus to to be hit by this financial crisis, probably the worst financial crisis in the last 40 years. So the last um, um, few months of uh, 2012, I felt, oh, my God, I don't feel that I'm as busy anymore with my projects, uh, you know, with my PR consulting work. So what do I do? And I started getting, you know, really upset, really nervous, you know, thinking about what the future holds for me. And uh, then one day, it was towards the end of December, and I told myself, okay, Mahi. You can choose to be miserable and worried about what the future will hold and that you know, you're know you not as busy with your projects anymore, or you can choose to create. And I spent two hours talking with a very good friend and associate, Andreas Messaridis, I thank him immensely, who is a life coach, and he spent two hours with me talking through things uh, that I do. And he said, okay, Maki, what do you like doing? And I said, I love creating experiences for me and my friends. So whether it is inviting friends over for dinner, creating a menu for them, writing a nice quote, or making that an experience, not just dinner, or doing a book, like what I did for you. A little bit about your book. And I said, well, you know, I did this three years ago, and, you know, I brought my girlfriends together. I joined them without knowing each other. He goes, but this is an excellent idea, and why didn't you do something about this? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I never thought about it, probably because I don't always think in a business manner. So he encouraged me to, uh, you know, to take this leap into into an e-book. Uh, With a friend, with the help of another very dear friend, uh, Lilia Larcos, who did the illustration for my book. Uh, She did the illustration. It looked wonderful. And I said, Oh my God, with my writing and your illustration of the cover and the book, we can really go to Amazon. (laughs) So I said, You know, okay, I'm creating. I'm not thinking about being miserable anymore. And Mm -hmm. I, I did that. I put it on Kindle for five days for free. And during those five days, I had the biggest uh, emotional uh, smile because 1,700 copies went. Wow! <laughs> 1,700 copies in just five days, and actually, my little squirrel made it to Kindle's top 100 as number 15. <laughs> it climbed all the way to number 15, so that was a big boost for me, making me think, well, nothing is, you know, unattainable in the end. heart and mind to it. Uh, Along with that came my blog, uh, which also uh, helped out my book in in many ways, but it also helped me uh, discover uh, more beauties about life, because I find that when you write about things, uh, you appreciate life more. And I feel that with a little squirrel in your kitchen, it's all (laughs) about what I try to say to friends all this time, that we have to make our lives more meaningful, And uh, so this is it. This is what I did, and it's been two months now, and it's selling on Amazon, and it's actually doing pretty well.
1: Well, let me just remind people it's A Squirrel in Your Kitchen. Is the name of Mahi's book. It's on Amazon.com. And tell us uh, where people can tune into your blog, Mahi. It is
0: uh, www.mahisolomou, which is M-A-H-I-S-O-L-O-M-O-U, Wordpress.com. It's all about living and loving passionately. So you'll find all kinds of topics in there, from my cooking, to my running, to my travels, to spiritual topics, to anything that makes my heart smile. Well, I'll tell you, and
1: I really admire you because you manage to keep this unbelievably with all this fine cooking that you do because you run these marathons which I think is, not only that, you travel around the world really running marathons in different places.
0: So how many have you run so far? I've been running since 1999 and I basically run to keep myself motivated and to fire that kind of creative thinking that keeps me on top of my PR career. I mean, you need that a lot. Mm -hmm. So since 1999, my target was to run in a different city every year. So I've done Thirteen half marathons in total, eight uh, outside Cyprus and five in Cyprus, from Madrid to San Sebastian to paris, Belgium, Prague, amman and and the list goes on. so that's my personal challenge in terms of running every single year
1: well i I really love your philosophy and and just to get back what you were saying, what I love about this whole project to me is that you know you you began in such a very powerful way by saying, you know okay, I'm going to take all of this worry and I'm going to put it into a constructive, creative project. And then you aimed that project. Your intention was to do something quite beautiful for your friends around the world, in a sense. It was a a lovely gift uh, to really, you know, take the time to put all those recipes together and the idea of connecting your friends around the world through this uh, thing you've all experienced in common, common, a love for food. I love that. And then to post it. For five days for free um, is another really wonderful intention to have, you know. So you, I just want to point that out because it's so important to make the distinction between, you know, being under pressure and wanting to go out and, you know, create another project, you know, to make money. And as opposed to really doing something out of love, out of friendship, out of a pure intention uh, to move someone. You know, that you care about. And I think that that's such an important um, lesson, uh, really, that you bring to the world. And so I thank you for contributing that and, you know, for sharing uh, what you did in terms of uh, your process. But as someone who is not quite a good cook you know I mean I have a couple of dishes that I do well mm-hmm. um, but do you always cook from recipe or are you a little of this a little of that kind of girl what's your process
0: I have my favorite uh, cookbook books, whether it's uh, Jamie Oliver or you know specific uh, recipes like Moroccan cuisine or you know the kind of recipes that I've collected through time but I also tend to create my own recipes um, because I think when you cook for a long time, you reach a point that you know that coconut milk, for example, goes well with salmon. Mm. Uh, and it may not go well on pork, for example. So I tend to make my own recipes as well. And uh, a squirrel in your kitchen is all about very easy, tried and tested recipes. So even people who are not so much into cooking, you can find some really easy recipes in there to with just a 10 minute preparation time.
1: I know, I noticed that and I am using your uh, cookbook now and it is fabulous and the dishes are fabulous and they're not only really delicious but a lot of them are very very calorie conscious, conscious they are, with, they which are very, I see I really happy with. And so I just, you know, think you did an extraordinary uh, job and uh, putting this whole project together. It is a wonderful book, and I want to keep repeating it, and I want you to repeat your blog again because we're coming to the end of the show. So um, it's A Squirrel in Your Kitchen, and people, you can go out and get it on Amazon.com. It's very reasonably priced, so buy, buy several for you and your friends. And once again, Mahi, repeat the name of your blog.
0: It is www.mahisolomou.wordpress.com.
1: I want to thank you, Mahi, for not only coming on the show, but really sharing a little piece of your life with us and for sharing with the world this wonderful project that you created that really will benefit so many people with the philosophy you use, not just in your cookbook, but in life.
0: It was a genuine pleasure, Kathy. Thank you so very much. Well, folks, it's been a great
1: pleasure to have you along on this journey with me. And this is Kathy Barrett, and I'm sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, so don't forget to tune in. Peace, everybody.